guys, I'm Jen, owner of Jen Davis Design. And I'm Giselle, owner of Wander Design Co. We're so excited to welcome you to Better, a brand designer podcast. We have open and honest discussions about what it's really like to run a design business, diving into the stuff you just don't see on Instagram. We're all about giving you actionable advice and fostering a supportive community of the coworkers you're missing. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Welcome back to Better the Brand Designer podcast. Super excited to be hanging out with you guys today as always. And of course, we are really excited because we have Jamie from Spruce Road here with us today as a special guest. Jamie, thank you so, so much for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's jump into our intro question. Giselle, we'll start with you. What is one habit you formed because you work from home that you didn't have when you were working from an office or a studio? I think one of the habits that really stands out for me right now is time blocking. And because when I was working at an agency or um, in-house for a different company, I would just like do things as they came to my desk. And now that I have more control over my schedule, I set up like sprints and I try to do three sprints a day of just doing work. And then anything in between that I take a break or do like little tasks and things like that. So that's definitely one habit that I love that keeps me super productive. And I didn't have before having my own studio. Jamie, what about you? You know, you sent me this question beforehand and mine is very similar. (laughs) And I was going to say the same thing is that like when I worked at a studio, things were given to me and I didn't really have control over what I was doing that day necessarily. And so being an entrepreneur, you really have to be on yourself. Uh, So I've done something where I just have like the top three things I do each day. And that's really helped me to know like, this is what I have to work on and not get sidetracked. And um, it's so simple, but it really helps me because otherwise my entrepreneur brain wants to like start all the things, you know? Oh my gosh. Yes. Even this morning I was like, I I told myself, all right, I'm going to do this one thing before starting the podcast recording. And my brain kept going, but this, but that, but that. And I kept having to shut that part off. (laughs) Yes. With having kids too. I mean, you've got to really prioritize stuff. Oh my goodness. I know so many people are are, are dealing with that right now, um, just with their kids being home and everything. But your guys' answers were so like positive and like helpful to your business. I would say a habit that I form because I work from home is that I just eat lunch at really random times during the day. Um, And like, (laughs) I like, when I was working in an office, when I was working in, in editorial design, like I, like we would my coworkers, we just go to lunch every day at like one or something, you know, and like in the middle of the day, like, but now it's like, I had lunch at 3.30 PM yesterday. Like I, I will have lunch at noon sometimes. It's just, I don't know that the lunch thing. It's just like, if I'm in the middle of something and I'm in flow and I'm just designing and it's like, I will like forget. I don't know. It's just absolutely crazy. So my habit is not as good as yours. <laughs> Jen, I totally relate to what you're saying. Even yesterday, I think I had lunch at two or like yeah. almost three o'clock. And that happens to me a lot. I'm like, oh no. Or I'll have lunch like at 11 in the morning. <laughs> I ate lunch at 10 30 this morning. So no shame there. 
Heck yes. <laughs> yeah. Like honestly, sometimes like I am almost annoyed by the fact that I have to eat lunch. I'm like, oh, I need to yeah. at least it's eat like something. My day. I know. I'm like, I'm in the middle of something. I don't have time for that. I mean, of course I always have time to eat, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally get you. So, oh my goodness. All right. Well, let's just jump into our conversation. Jamie, we would love for you to kind of share a little bit of background about how you got to where you are, all about your business and yeah. Introduce yourself. I mean, I could talk for days about this, but <laughs> long story short, um, starting Spruce Road was not really my plan. Probably like a lot of us out there. I was working at a design studio at the time. I had done in-house design uh, for a university and a church freelance during that time as well. And then I was working at an agency, just a really small agency, and um, just unfortunately uncovered some unethical practices and had to leave that job, just didn't want to work there anymore. And we were going to be moving in less than a year. So I didn't want to get a new job. It's just kind of that weird timing. And so I just went for it. I was like, I guess I'll start my studio. I have no clients, no website. I wasn't allowed to freelance when I worked at the studio because of non-compete. Um, so that's how I got started and I will be the first to say that's not how I recommend it because it's, it's not easy. It's not like thoughtful or intentional. Um, but it did help me put, put myself up against a wall and, and made it happen. So I'm thankful for that because otherwise the over planner in me probably would have like waited years to start. Yes. I, I think I have a very similar experience. I've talked about this before, but I, my husband's in the army. And so I, I pretty much had to quit my job in New York and, and move with him. And it really... Jen Davis Design started more out of like a need to do something rather than like, a, I'm going to go off on my own. It was kind of forced upon me. But of course, like I'm so grateful for, for that. But yeah, we kind of just fall into these like situations that end up being the best thing that ever happened to us. So exactly. And same with me. Like I... I didn't get thrown into starting my own studio, but I was just leaving my job so much that I thought, well, people aren't going to keep hiring me if I'm only going to be at a job for four months and then I want to leave to go somewhere else. And so that's why I started Wander Design. And I agree, I don't recommend starting a business like that. But at the same time, like knowing how I am, I would have probably, if I was trying to be intentional and like leave a job to do it, it would have taken me forever for me to actually like implement a plan. <laughs> well, Jamie, what do you tell uh, the audience what you do now? and? kind of how uh, the studio has progressed since you started. Brand identity design is kind of our specialty since day one. And I have a team that I work with and team is sounds like a big word, but really it's just myself and usually one contract designer at a time. But yeah, so we work with all types of clients. I haven't really niched down too much, but um, I mean, that's a whole other topic I'm sure you guys have had on the podcast <laughs> or will. But I, lately I've been working more with course creators and product creators, and we do a ton of thousands of pages of PDF designs a year. It's just as Jen, as you do editorial, I'm sure like you love that part too. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where we've grown from there. And all along, I've loved just sharing my story. And um, since day one of starting Spruce Road, I've been completely open about everything. And um, transparency is a 
pillar of Spruce Road. It's just one of our core values. And so from day one, I've loved just sharing with other designers how I've done this thing because it's overwhelming to say the least once you get started or even once you've been in it for like five years or so. Different client situations come up and um, podcasts like this are such a great resource too for designers just to learn and how everyone does things differently too. I find so interesting. I seriously have learned so much from like our community and then from the guests that have been on this podcast. Like I feel like I have a breakthrough moment during every single episode. And I think I hope that's what people appreciate and like about our podcast is that like you said, transparency is like a huge pillar, huge value for us. And it's just not really stuff that people talk about in the world where clients are going to hear, you know, like, so it, I don't, I don't think a client of mine will ever listen to my podcast. And I'm grateful for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually, I have a client right now that um, listened to our podcast episode about rebranding. No and way. she was, she like, it resonated with her. And I was so excited to hear that. That was amazing. Wow. <laughs> that's great. So it's helping clients too, somehow. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's not like we ha- really have anything to hide from them on here. But it's it's just kind of nice to 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 be in a space where you know that like they're not going to click on something and see something or you know you can talk about situations that you've been in in the past and I, I think everyone kind of is just really thirsty for that that type of content. So I think that's something that uh, really resonated with me, Jamie, is that y- your story was just like so transparent from the beginning when when I first found out who you were like Spruce Road, I had just, I think I was about to start Wander Design Co. And this was back in like 2016. And I had been freelancing on the side and then also like trying to freelance full time um, and building that up, but I didn't have a process or anything. So then when I heard about your course, the Shareworthy Design course, I was like, oh, I need to take this course. And I remember I even emailed you asking if you were going to open it up again, because at the time that it was open, I couldn't afford it. And then I thought to myself, I'm going to save up so that I can afford this. And it was one of the first investments in my studio. And I'm extremely grateful for it. And to this day, I'm like, yeah, like I keep learning. Like, for example, the designer day day rate that we're going to talk about today, like all of these things I just keep learning about. And I can't I can't say how, how much it's helped me. So thank you for creating the course. Oh, thank you for that. That's awesome to hear. I'm just like one of those people that my husband has talked about. Like you can create all these different courses or you can just put it all into one. And that's what he's encouraged me to do. And so that's every time I have like a new idea, like the designer day rate, that could be its own course or whatever, mini, mini course or something. But I'm just like, nah, just give it to my students. (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather have like, have like the one thing, you know? Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. And at the same time, like if you ever want to turn it into its own course, I'm going to buy it. Awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, as someone who has not taken the show where they design course, I would love Jamie for you to kind of go over what that is. And especially for our listeners, because we have people ask us all the time, like, Hey, like, I really want to learn more about branding. I need, you know, I need templates. I need to figure out like what's brand strategy, you know? So I think that people could really benefit from hearing kind of just a little overview of what Shareworthy is and how it's kind of evolved over time. Oh man. Has it evolved over time? Like I've had this course for like, and just you know, because you've been in it for over four years, I think. And so it started mostly on like the design side of stuff. And then uh, really it's just turned into this beast of a course that um, at the same time is really easy to get through. I'm not saying it's complicated, but it's all about streamlining your process um, and not so much on like the logistics side of things and organizing, 
but more on like creating a friction-free process for your clients. So there's a ton about the client psychology behind design, uh, behind like our client process. And I include like every template I ever make is in there. Like I said, I just keep on adding to it. So it's like a ton of swipe files. I, I referenced them today just with a new client we onboarded. Our brand guideline template, like everything is in there. Um, my goal is really for this to be, and it has been a place for designers to bookmark and just come back to year after year. And then I also have like a coaching community with that, um, that we have like twice monthly calls and a Slack group. Um, and it's all just kind of like just share where these students in there. So I know that they've gone through the process and have all the resources they need. That's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for so much for like creating this amazing content for everybody. I mean, so many people will want to keep things so close, you know, like when they discover something that works or, you know, they land a client because of a certain thing they said on their discovery call. But the fact that you want to open up and share that with, you know, your community and, I mean, of course, like make it into a business opportunity is is amazing. So Yeah, thank you. I know I'm totally like helping out my competitors, but I just don't <laughs> see it that way. I really think, gosh, there's so many businesses around that need quality branding. And I'm just mm-hmm. more passionate about helping designers than to like elevate myself, I guess you could say. Yes. Yes. And we're all about that here too, because we're giving up all of our secrets on the podcast. (laughs) I know. My my secrets are like, I stumbled into this thing that I figured out today, guys. Like, that's like, (laughs) I don't don't pretend to have any secrets that are actually valuable. (laughs) And it's honestly all stuff that I've learned from other people too. And like, that's why we're always referencing like, you know, Shareworthy or Breeding with Brie or, you know, Alex Cuddles or whoever it is that we learn something from, you know, it's... it really is a small community when you think about it. Like I'm constantly seeing the same names pop up. I'm getting to know so many of these people and it's especially through the podcast as well. Like it's, it is truly mind blowing to get to know everyone and everyone's so positive and happy. We've never had to take down a post in our community. Like, I mean, I'm sure it'll happen at some point, but the people are just so friendly. I don't know. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, I agree. And having that abundance mindset that there are plenty of clients for all of us mm-hmm. and just like building each other up through community is, is so great to have. Yes. Jamie, we would love to hear about the designer day rate, why you kind of started or what gave you the idea for it, what it is. And for anybody that doesn't know what it is, just a little background, I guess, about that. Yeah. So... Okay, I thought I had came up with this idea last year. I even blogged about it. I was like, I just had this idea this year. But I went back because a shareworthy student was asking about like sending surveys to clients and went back to 2017. And I had like pitched this idea to my clients. I had no idea. (laughs) Just like, oh my goodness. (laughs) One of those things that you just like shelf, you know, you're like, oh, that's too, I got too many ideas. Like, I'll come back to that. So it's funny, I hadn't shared that before, but I guess I've been working on this for a long time, um, <laughs> a day rate service of all things. But um, but yeah, so I came up with the idea, I guess back then, but reignited it last year. Um, I had been working with a photographer since uh, the very first year of Spruce Road back in 2015. And she has a, um, she calls it, you ship, I shoot service or like ship and shoot, something like that. Really cute. And she's in the UK. So, and I'm in uh, the U S so we just would ship whatever materials I need photographed. And then she would book a half or full day based on what she needed. 
and then send it back to me. It was like very straightforward, easy process with her. That's so cool. Yeah. And her name's, oh, I should mention her name is Holly Booth. If anyone is looking for like a product photographer, she's fantastic. And my clients have creative directed and worked with her with client work too. And anyway, so that was my original experience with kind of a day rate. And then since then I booked uh, my copywriter to do the same thing, um, who she launched one, but hadn't seen designers do that. And I know there are a few designers now that have, have done this, but I wasn't aware of them. And otherwise I would have like emailed them and asked them a ton of questions, but, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but now I'm answering your questions for you. So, um, yeah, I started the day rate just with my first client. I think it was sometime like spring, summer last year, 2019. And since then I have booked like over 30 of these days, um, with our clients, And it's just gone like tremendously well. I've learned a bunch in the process, but it's basically taken over. I I never did retainer services just for personal reasons. I don't like those. (laughs) I haven't had great experiences, but it's taken over like ongoing client work, uh, pricing those projects that are so tricky to price and just streamlined the process immensely for me. Yeah. Something that really attracts me about it is getting freedom from the retainer. So one of the things that I do in the summer is I just like go off into the mountains for like days at a time and come back. And I'm like, no, now I have to catch up with all this work that I was waiting on a feedback for or something like that, or even extending things for so long where I start to forget where we left off. And that's of the things where I'm like, Ooh, it'd be amazing to switch from retainer to day rates. Yeah. It's like, it makes our lives even more flexible. Like if that can even be possible, you know, because we do work for ourselves and we're from home, but I I love the idea of not, you know, when you sell a three month retainer, you are selling your availability to that person. And so, you know, two months from now, you can't just decide to go and take two weeks because you've already kind of sold that time. And so this is such a great way to like kind of release yourself from that and, and just whatever days you have on the schedule, that's when you're available. And then, you know, you're not when you're not, I love that. I didn't even think about breaking the retainer cycle, but that sounds pretty good. <laughs> I'll just kind of touch on a little bit of also what prompted me to do it was I'm sure you guys have experienced it when clients come to you with like a very specific project and you just are like, I don't know how to price this. Like <laughs> I've been doing this for five years and can honestly tell you like I, it's a guessing game of like, yeah, okay, this is a 50 page PDF, but what does that mean? Like, am I going to have to search through a bunch of photos? Like, am I going to have to create custom icons, like illustrations? It can really unravel, not to mention scope creep of having those conversations of like, okay, now this turned into like a 75 page booklet just because, you know, your content needed to be broken up a different way. So, um, that was a huge factor in me doing the day rate, um, because I just, I only work two days a week, really. I work like 10 hours a week about, and I just don't have time to be fussing over proposals and um, delaying clients who who want to hear from me, like when they can do something. It's also encouraged repeat client work significantly because they aren't scared to reach out and say like, you know, I have this idea, like how much would this a printed planner costs, you know? So there's value, like there's different ways you can price things. Obviously like retainers are great because you know, it's recurring and then there's day rate and then there's value-based pricing and there's like a place for each of those. And I think really it comes down to like, where are you in your business and in your personal life? And what do you value most? Like with me working such little hours, I'm really about like creating a friction-free streamlined process. And so day rate, and then my brand identity package is where I've landed. 
That's amazing. And also for anybody that didn't catch that, Jamie works 10 hours a week. I am so encouraged and excited by that because like this is even something that I've been working on with Jane Scudder from the New Exec, my business coach. Shout out to our previous, <laughs> our previous, um, one of our previous uh, guests on here. But I keep thinking that in order to grow my business and in order to scale and in order to make more money and reach those income goals that I've set for myself, that I need to put more hours in. And I feel like that is a fallacy and a lie that like I am believing and that it's keeping me from like getting into that next level of my business because I'm afraid that like I'm going to have to give up hours of time with my husband, you know, with my family, like doing the things that I love to do. I'm also a yoga teacher. That's a really big part of my life. And so I love that this is a way that you have been able to, you know, not only like grow your business and scale, but like also give yourself a raise by working fewer hours in the day. Like that's really, really encouraging to hear about. Yeah. Thank you. And I totally fall into that too. Like productive does not mean that it's, I'm sure there's like a better quote out there for it, but doesn't mean that you're actually like using your time wisely. Um, Mm -hmm. Just is the feeling that you're doing something. Um, Wow. And that's hard to to get past it. Sometimes that's okay though. I think it's okay to like lean into that and just be like, I just want to be doing something and that's fine. But acknowledging that that doesn't mean that it's actually moving your business forward or anything like that. So. Right. Yeah. That reminds me of the book. Is it seven habits of effective people or something like I that? I that can't remember exactly. Familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Franklin but Covey. They- yeah. Yeah. So he talks about uh, there's a difference between like being effective and being efficient. Yes. And there you go. And how like with efficiency, yeah, you can like pump things through and and things will work, but that doesn't mean that it's effective in the way that it's optimized that you're putting in the least amount of work required to get a result that's like the most optimal. And I've been thinking about that ever since like, oh, like how can I make this easier without me putting in more work towards it? Yes. And I, I mean, I see that manifest in even, you know, the back end of our, our podcast. Giselle's always coming up with like, hey, th- these templates and, you know, making sure everything's really streamlined and efficient. And like, that's one of the things I admire so much about you, Giselle, is that like you just have this passion for efficiency and just making future Giselle's life easier, you know, like, and I, I yeah. love that. And I, that's <laughs> yeah. something that I've definitely learned from you um, and something that really excites me about potentially implementing a day rate for my own business for sure. Yeah. And uh, going back to what you guys were saying about making more and working less, that was, I had, um, I went to like a workshop with a designer that I really admired. And at the end, I went up to the designer and I told her like, oh, like I really admire what you do and this and that. And um, I shared like, it was right before 2018 ended. So it was in December. I told her my goal for next year is to work less and earn more. And she just laughed at me and was like, oh, isn't that everybody's goal? But she she was kind of like, oh, how cute, you know, and it, you know, the end of 2019, I did end up working less and making a lot more. And I was like, yes, I'm so proud of myself. That's amazing. <laughs> so I'm like, see, even I proved her wrong. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. And I mean, Jamie is, you know, walking, talking proof of that. So, um, 
It makes me, it makes me like feel like, like a sense of peace. Like, okay, someone has done this and been successful at it. So that doesn't like means that I don't need to be scared of, you know, growing my business and scaling and, and, and getting there. So, and, and I mean like that idea that you had, like that you, <laughs> like you plagiarized from yourself, not that like it's bad to take ideas, but I've totally done that before. Um, I, I love <laughs> that that's something that like was just percolating in your mind and that like, it was just an instinctual thing for you to kind of d- design your business around your lifestyle rather than allowing your business to run your lifestyle. I think that's something that a lot of people will struggle with, you know, especially when they have kids at home and um, maybe they're like primary caregiver for someone or something like rather than letting the client, Oh, the client's calling. I have to stop and doing what I'm doing right now. It's like your, your life comes first. And then you have set boundaries and parameters for your client within this day rate that allows them to feel comfortable and not like, Oh, I don't want to reach out or I don't want to call or I don't know if she's working right now or whatever. It's like they get your full attention for a full day and they can just, you know, get as, as, as much as they, they want out of that day. Um, and I guess that kind of like leads me into a question that I have for you, Jamie. How do you know how much you're going to be able to accomplish with your team during a day rate so that you're able to like actually deliver on the, what the client is asking? Oh, that is like, that's the question I had when I first started the day rate was like, how am I going to actually, I will tell you, I just, it's honestly come down to experience and doing so many of these things that I've now I'm at a place after doing, you know, 30 plus of them, like I've lost track. So I don't know how many, uh, but it's over 30 at that. I kind of can estimate what we can do. Um, but when I first started, really, you're just going to have to, if you're going to try it out, I'd recommend like under promising, always under promise over deliver. So if a client is asking, I always use, like I said, we do a ton of PDF design. So if they're asking for a PDF design, um, then you can kind of like break it up in your mind of how long you think it's going to take. And then I would give them like a page count that's less than what you think you can actually accomplish. Um, and just set, I'm all about like setting expectations from the get go so that they aren't expecting some like 50 pages, that's unreasonable for a day, but they're not ex- expecting that many. And then you give them like 20, you know, that's just setting yourself up in the client for disappointment. Um, but yeah, I would just do your best on estimating. If you are planning to do a day rate in the future and you want to kind of get some background info about it, like researching before you do that, just to make yourself feel a little bit more equipped, I would start using toggle T O G G L or whatever kind of time app and start actually making notes of how long things are taking you. And that way, um, especially like the most frequent things that clients come to you for, that way you can better estimate how many days something is going to take. But right now what I do is I estimate on the front end, like, I think this will take, you know, a couple of days. And then I tell the client, if we need more, we can add in like half or full day later. Um, so I kind of give them that option because sometimes things unravel, like, uh, we design a PDF. It was supposed to be 40 pages. It was a one day thing ended up being 75. Um, but I think we were able to finish that in one, one day, it might've been one and a half or something like that. We just extended like a half day off of that one. So obviously they'll know like, Oh, that was like way more than I told you it was going to be. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And you're really good with um, the client psychology as well, which is something that you've talked about a lot before. And that's saying, you know, under 
under promise and over deliver. Like that's one of those parts. Is there anything else that you've like added in as well um, during this pitching or even just like scheduling for the day rate? Yeah. I love client psychology. You know, this Giselle in my course. Yeah. (laughs) It's so nerdy, but I feel like understanding how people like function and learn things has really just made a ton of difference in my process. And that's something I talk a ton about and share worthy. Um, but as far as the day rate goes, like the most applicable thing is, is to manage expectations because you've got one full day to their brand. And so, um, you really have to set a timeline. And I know that seems ridiculous for a day service, but we have like two check-ins. So they know when they have to be available and you just kind of manage on the front end some stuff. So I, I actually, it's a full day service, but we do like obviously project management ahead of that. So there's some time included, like setting priorities and stuff like that. So um, there's a whole art to like onboarding the day rate service um, that I feel like does a lot with the client psychology and, and setting themselves up to be excited for it rather than like kind of nervous and uneasy about it. So good. I mean, the preparation probably is a huge, huge part of it, not only for you to get the the content you need, but to like get them in the right headspace and, you know, in the, the right focus to be able to be available for you um, for those refinements or whatever. And this isn't something that you just book, a, especially for like newer clients on the day rate. You just like, oh, you know, tomorrow we can do it, right? Like you give them, you give each other some time, like both your team and and them. Oh yeah, I wouldn't do a day rate tomorrow. <laughs> it takes some time just to um, just to get them prepped and get their material ready. So Jamie, how do you pitch this service to clients, and do you also pitch it to potential clients? So I um, pitch it to mostly current clients, just because I have vetted them through our process and know. They're going to yeah. be easy to work with. You don't want a difficult client on a day rate service because, you know, it's just, it just sounds like a bad idea. You don't want a difficult client ever really, but yeah, on a day rate service, it's, it's just going to be set up for failure because, um, you have to have them organized and good at communication. And so I almost always work with existing clients, um, particularly one client books, like most of our day rate services. So it's uh, kind of like our unofficial retainer with her. And then we have a few other clients that have booked a few of them as well. And I have done them with new clients and it's gone well actually, but um, I find that I'm more uneasy about it. And they're a little bit hesitant as well because we haven't worked together. So I just prefer to work with existing clients in that way. So I don't even have it on my site listed anywhere. Um, it's just a link that I send to my current clients, only the ones that I know that would really benefit from it and that I, I would enjoy working with moving forward. So smart. I mean, it really does scare me a little bit to, to think about working just with a completely new client and to have that parameter of the day to, you know, limit your amount of time. Um, I think there, are, of course, there are going to be like positives and negatives to, you know, any package or service offering. But I think it's really smart to, to keep it within the Spruce Road family or, you know, like, or to really make sure that you are vetting someone when they're coming in just brand new. We could probably talk about like all of the different things that you look for. And, and stuff, but like, oh, there's so many different like avenues that we can go. And we just we could talk for hours, <laughs> right? Is there is there one big red flag that you would ask designers to consider when it comes to like putting pitching the designer day rate to a client? 
Oh, yeah. I mean, you guys know what the red flags are, I'm sure. But, yeah. <laughs> but for existing clients, I would say if you if they've been delayed on anything, um, even just by like a day or something, it's probably not the best fit. Unless, of course, something happened, like they got sick or, you know, understandable. Um, but if they're that client that's a little bit delayed on stuff, the day rate is probably not ideal for them. You could split it into two half days if you really want to continue working with them. Um, and just know that, you know, um, you can kind of cap it at one, one day, give them a little bit of time and then come back another half day. And then, oh, if there's that client that is completely disorganized when sending you content, then you're going to be doing a lot of legwork ahead of time for the day rate service and not get paid for that. So, um, I like to work with my organized and good communicating clients, um, and same, same goes if you have a new client, if they, I've had one that we did, um, and it actually went pretty well, all things considered, but, um, she's reached out to me and she had just, it's like total novel. I'm sure y'all have had those inquiries of like, <laughs> like a brain dump of ideas. And it took a lot of me working to try to distill her down to like deliverables for the day. So those types of clients too, you just know you're going to have to do a little bit more handholding on the front end. So yeah, I think those are the main ones I would look for. Yes, that is that is a great thing to consider. Something that really didn't I didn't really think about before, but depending on the client, you're gonna probably have a lot more work, like admin work to do before the actual day. And considering that as well for people when they're pricing this day, it's not just the hours that you're spending that day, but it's the value you're giving the client. And Jamie, you feel free to talk about value. Like that's something that you also teach in the course. Um but it's the value, it's it's the premium of having things turned around quickly. And it's also any of the legwork you have to do ahead of time, right? Yes, definitely. So you don't want to price this, like I'm just using throwing out numbers, but if you are hourly priced at like $50 an hour right now, then you don't want to just do like five times or 50 times eight and say, that's my day rate service Yeah, <laughs> or whatever it is, um, whatever your numbers are. But yeah, you definitely want to price it as a premium because they're basically like getting things turned around super fast. And uh, like, cause likely when someone reached out to me for a day rate, I'll try to book them, you know, by the next week if I can. Um, and we do them on Thursdays. Usually sometimes I'll open up a Friday, but I like to keep it side note, like one day a week just helps my own sanity. But yeah, so you definitely want to price it higher. Um, and just know that the value is there too, cause you're, you're welcome to do whatever they want you to do during that time. Um, so it could be like, I've done a printed planner for a day rate service. I've done down to like social media graphics. So it's open to whatever they want to use it for. Obviously, a printed planner is going to have a lot more value than social media graphics, maybe. Um, so, it, but it's up to the client to decide so how they want to use it. Yeah, I love that it it takes away that whole like guessing, like what, how much each project is going to cost and things like that. And recently, I even sent, and this is going back to what you said earlier about like it's a guessing game sometimes. And I had a PDF redesign that I was pitching a price for it. And I was telling Jen, like, what would you, you know, uh, charge for this? Because I, no matter how many PDF designs I do, like, it's still so hard to say. And this is something where you're like, now you can throw it in that day and maybe add in some like social media graphics or gifts or whatever else you could add. Um, and then you're like, don't have to worry about how much it should be, you know, quote unquote, how much to charge for it. 
Right. Because yes. you, you can look at a Google Doc of content and like think, oh, okay, you know, kind of break it up by word count. But like, that's not always the best way to design something. You Everyone listening knows that. So like, you know, what if you need icons, like you said, or what if like a, a paragraph you need in two different pages? Like, are you going to build by the page or, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm working on a few PDFs, investment guides for clients right now that like, I am imagining that if I had a day rate, then I could definitely kind of like pitch that so then they wouldn't feel like how much would this cost and like I don't know like what do you think it it just eliminates all of that you know just stickiness and just makes it super streamlined and easy Um, and when clients feel good about reaching out to you because they know how much it's going to cost then like yeah I'm I totally didn't think about the fact that you know Jamie you mentioned that it makes people more willing to reach out to you which is what we all want yeah that's something that like with the retainer you know designers feel like okay now I have something I can depend on for this amount of time. And with the designer day rate, like people's first thought is probably like, oh, there's no commitment to this. So I'm probably just going to do like one time and then never hear from them again. And you're, and, and you recently said that like, now that's become one of the ways that the clients have returned to you so many more times. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on that experience? Yeah. I think, um, so as designers, I think we often think about the project onboarding, client onboarding, um, but more recently over the past couple of years, I've really thought intentionally about the project offboarding. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> um, because I will be honest, I was so lazy about that in the first few years of my business. Um, and if you're in that boat right now, I'm not calling you lazy. <laughs> no, no, that's actually me on that boat right now. Yeah, and, same. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> so it's been cool to kind of, um, I, I think it's fun to test different strategies and stuff like that. It's how I've learned and grown. Um, but this past year or so, since I've had this day rate, I've done the project offboarding offering the day rate service. Um, so that they know moving forward, it's like, at least if they don't even have something right now, they know, okay, like I have this idea, um, that I could get back to Jamie. And I also swiped this idea for my copywriter who I work with. Um, she calls it like a boomerang discount. So if you, and I just started this, so I don't have any proof yet if it works, (laughs) But, (laughs) but if you come back within like the next three or six months, I forgot what I said, um, then it'll be like a discount on our day rate service. Um, so ah. there's some urgency, some incentive. Um, and I know it works from the copywriting side because I saw that discount and was like, yeah, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. So smart. I mean, I've, we all love to save. Yes. Yeah. I, and with, with services that I've hired, you know, photography, copywriting, I've definitely like gone back to them, you know, in the next couple of months anyways. And, and, and if I had that kind of incentive to be like, oh, you know, I need to use this discount, you know, people do it in the retail world all the time. It's like, you know, sale until, you know, the end of, you know, a- the end of April or whatever. It's like, oh, that's such a smart way to apply that to like us as service providers yes. learning so much. I don't like discounts in general, but I think in this situation, it works to have like a BOGO. That's what I do is like a buy one, get one half off. Um and so it's almost like a retainer, like, uh, you know, where you kind of have lower prices when they book in, in more quantities. So yeah, that's something I've done. And then I'll also do that BOGO sale. Um, I've done it earlier this year and just was re- reaching out, say happy new year, literally to just like maybe five of my clients that I was thinking this would be a good opportunity for them. And then sent them that, that pricing, that, um, BOGO sale for, and there was like a deadline on it. So I had clients book, like one client booked four of those um, well in advance because she knew um, she's like, yeah, I got to take advantage of that. You know, that's a lot of savings. 
Yeah. And that's something too, from the client's end that and me as a client for other services as well, like it's so hard to finally decide to trust somebody and invest in them and hope that it goes well. And then, you know, if you provide a great service for that client, then of course they're going to want to come back for like more work and things like that. And they're not going to want to like look for another designer as long as you take care of your client. Right. So it's kind of something that I was thinking about recently. So I launched my designer day rate at the beginning of the spring like March 20th or something. And then since things have progressed because of what we're dealing with right now with COVID-19, I was thinking, is this something that is beneficial to have now that maybe a lot of businesses don't want to invest in such big packages for like brand identity design and instead can like, you can offer them something small, like smaller like this, which it's still a premium for you, but you know, like the clients also still like working on their business. Yes, for sure. I love the day rate because you can leave it open-ended as I do with my current clients. It's like, whatever you want, we'll design. Um, But even on my sales page for the promo day, I have it broken up into like PDF design, icon design, or promo images. Um, So I kind of lead them down that path. But you could definitely have like a pop-up day rate service of like something very specific. Um, I'm going to swipe this idea from London. Shout out in my <laughs> Shareworthy coaching. We were just talking this week about it. Uh, she's going to do, I think she's going to call it like a polish day or something like that. Um, this is her own idea. I didn't come up with it, but it's basically having a day where she takes someone's website they've already created on their own. And then she goes in and, and does like some edits, like be it like design, typography, colors, um, SEO, imagery, all that kind of stuff. So just like one day, I think ahead of time, I would try to like set parameters on what needs to be polished necessarily. But, um, with everything going on, I think, yes, absolutely. Like even like a thousand dollar a day service or 1500, whatever it is. And if your normal package is, you know, over $3,000 or something like that, then I think people are going to jump at the opportunity. If you think about it, if you book, you know, maybe one or two of those a week, if you book $1,000 a day a week, that's $4,000 a month, which is a lot of money, you know, and that might even be more than what you're making now with, you know, trying to sell, you know, the, the multiple thousand dollar packages to people that may not be into spending that much money right now. So I'm just thinking about how to, how one would condense the branding process that I feel like has grown so much and we've put so much value into, you know, the brand strategy and discovery and all that. Um, Jamie, have you found that, and I don't don't even know if you do branding as a a day rate, but do you think that like it could work as a condensed kind of version? Or do you think that branding is something that's so specific and unique and needs time that it wouldn't? I would never do it as a day rate. Okay. (laughs) Too slow. That would be too much pressure on me. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't know if I can do like a logo. And then like, because I mean, clients will think about it and sleep on it and then come back with changes. And it's just something that's so just personal. That actually reminds me of something that I heard recently from Ron uh, from Flux Academy. He, He teaches web design and... I don't know if you know who this is, Jamie, but he um, recently was talking like he did like a little webinar about like how to pitch a service during COVID and like help clients, you know, and make it something that it's like actually helpful for the client. And one of his ideas was doing like a, a one day premium where if you already have web templates 
to like plug a, like do grab one of those web templates and plug the things in for these brick and mortar businesses that need a website now that they can't, you know, sell in person. And so that's something that like in that kind of range, like if you have any kind of template or things like that, you could do that. I know some people have like those brand shops where they already have that pre-made template. If there's an, a way that they can package that up into a day rate somehow, I haven't really thought much about this, but maybe that's an idea. <laughs> yeah. It's really limitless. You know, you, like, like Jamie said, you can, you can make it what you want. You can make it what works for your business. Like, and especially guiding and leading the client in the direction of the type of work that you'd like to do during a day rate is really smart by saying like, here's an example of what a previous client has done with me or, you know, PDFs or icons or, or whatever it is. So you can kind of guide them in the right direction, I guess. Which sounds less scary than like whatever you want, you know, like but even though it is whatever you want, it's like you can still kind of like give them ideas and like paint a picture for them. Yeah. I wanted to touch Jen on the brand identity for a day. Um, because I did have a new client book us and we did his brand guideline in one day. Uh he already had an existing logo design that was fantastic and some great um icons. So he worked with a logo designer that didn't do like a full comprehensive brand. He just did the, the logo. He's more of an illustrator than anything. Um, and so he wanted like more of an expanded brand. So we were able to knock that out in a day, um, just applying colors and type and then creating patterns based off of his il- illustrations. Um, so you can do things like that, but it's going to be a little bit tricky. That definitely like really excites me. And I'm like, you know, just coming up with ideas and thinking about things. But of course, like as much as it excites me, it also scares me. <laughs> so that's cool though, to hear about how you kind of like, you, you, you set it up very specifically and intentionally beforehand. And it wasn't just like a brand in a day, you know, which could be an idea for, for someone if you find a way to make that work or, it, you know, like Jamie said, that's not something that she offers, you know? And so it really is what you make it. And that's what I think is so attractive about the day rate. I, I just had an idea based off of what you guys were just talking about. What if you do like a brand guideline for a day for a client that they already have a pre-existing logo and things like that, but that this is something that it's kind of like a like an introduction of what it's like to work with you. And then in the future, when they're able to invest, they can hire you to do the rebrand and you pitch it in a way that, you know, now that we have this brand guideline for you, um, if you're, whenever you're ready for the rebrand, we'll just update this guideline that we have with your new branding materials. Have you guys ever thought of that? No, I haven't, but that's interesting. I would think I would focus more on like the strategy side before like fleshing out an existing brand, just me personally. Um, just because it, it just depends on the logo that they have, I guess. Cause yeah. right. <laughs> if it's worth That's true. fleshing out, you know what I mean by that? Um, but I yeah. think I would focus more on like the strategy side, like you could do that in a day of talking about like where they should be focused on marketing, like defining their ideal client, stuff like that. And then that could be used as like, even like a discount towards your brand package because they've done a ton of that legwork ahead of time. Um, so yeah, you could package, I mean, the day rate, endless options. Yeah, that's so true. I think the key that you said, Jamie, is just to make sure that you give the expectations to the client and also like really outline what it is that you're going to be doing that day. Yeah. I think that's going to set it up for success. (laughs) There's a ton of other variables and, um, Giselle, like, you know, this from Shareworthy, like in the actual training that I have included, it talks about like 
licensing artwork at the end of the day, like what's including your contract and what to do if you don't get what you said you were going to get done in time. Um, right. There's a lot of situations working with the team that come up. Yes. Yeah. You work with the team because I work with the team. So it's a little bit yeah. different situation there. Um, all the way down to like, what does our communication look like with the client? Um, all that's in Shareworthy. So mm-hmm. um, just know that it's very thorough. <laughs> yeah, it's very thorough. It was a 90 minute training. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff that comes up with it. That's unknown. Um, but, but yeah, I'd say if you're on the fence, start using toggle, tracking your time, and then just go for it and see, see how it goes. Pitch it to one client at a time. It doesn't have to be a huge sales page on your site. I didn't have a sales page for it until over 20 of them have been booked. Um, so it doesn't have to be like, I think that's our instinct as designers is like, let's make this pretty. Let's make this like, you know, well-branded. Yeah. It's like, no, it's just like a <laughs> acuity scheduling link. And that was it. So yeah, <laughs> you just got to get it out there. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes just starting is the hardest part, but it's also the part that like informs what it looks like in the future the most. Awesome. Well, Jamie, we're going to start wrapping this up and I wanted um, to open up the floor for any plug that you have going on, anything that you're promoting currently. I don't know if Shareworthy is open right now or when it will be open as well as this morning I got your email about, what is it? The brand self-care. Yes, brand self-care challenge is going on right now. So if you're listening, it's April or May 2020. <laughs> uh, you can join in, um, just go to my site and you can find a link to just hop on the newsletter. Um, and I'm sending that out like week by week, just going through my whole branding process. And it's for uh, really anybody, but designers also to like pull that project off their back burner, which is like designing for your own brand, because we can somehow design like 10 to 20 brands a year for our clients, but can't focus on our own selves. So uh, that's why I've dubbed it brand self-care. So I'm walking through like my whole process and if you already are happy with your current brand, um, as I am, I'm going to be designing like just a portfolio piece, uh, like a mock yeah. portfolio piece. So it'll be good. Time. That's what I was thinking about doing. Yeah, it'll be fun. I think stretch your skills a little bit. So yeah, that's going on right now. And then if you're listening and it's past that time, I'm sorry you missed it. Um, I probably will bring it back again, but I do have a button just on the top right at sprucerd.com. That's a free training. And this is, we talked a little bit about client psychology and this is specific to my client presentations. And it's just a quick 10 minute training, um, pretty informal, but I just walk through like what our client presentations look like with our clients. Like how do I guide them through the process? Cause, um, we're known for our zero revisions. I've had that since like I started it's restored five years ago. Um, and this is really a key component of it is the presentation. So if you're a brand designer, just curious and want to snoop on that, um, I highly recommend it. So just a quick video. Yeah. Awesome. And is a shareworthy, um, a course going to be opening soon or when, when are you opening that again, as well as the coaching? Yeah. Oh yeah. So coaching is just for, um, current students and you can join Mm -hmm. in. I'll have like open enrollment starting in open enrollment. Sounds like so official, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, it'll be opening in like August, I think, or September. I haven't set the, the timeline quite yet of um, this year. And then, but also from that link, I just set this up uh, recently is you can join in Shareworthy as like a new subscriber. Um, Like if you join in from that free training, um, just it's called like evergreen. So it'll be open um, just for a short time after that, just because I've had like people just 
find us um, randomly in between launches. And I feel bad making them have to wait if they want to implement our, our systems like right away. Well, that's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing all of your knowledge or as much knowledge as we've allowed in the <laughs> 50 minutes yes. that we've been recording. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up at the episode with our inbox question. We always do a listener question at the end. So Michelle Enright asks, when you took that leap into starting your freelance graphic design business, how did you get your name out to potential customers? And if anyone wants to jump in, then you're welcome to. <laughs> I'll go first. Yeah, do it. <laughs> um, I, so I started in 2015 and I feel like, um, I don't know when you guys started your businesses, just all I think it was just a couple years after, but uh, things have changed dramatically since then. So I would say when I started, I started by blogging and getting my um, blog out to Pinterest and then pushing um, content out there. And that's how I got my first clients. But now I know that's so saturated. So I can't say that's 100% going to work for you. Um, I do think it's worth pursuing and, and trying out. But uh, but yeah, that's how I got started. Yeah, I got started on Upwork, actually. And it used to be called Elance. And then that's when I started picking up clients. After I moved to Arizona, I left my design job hiked the Pacific Crest Trail, and then moved to a new town where turns out there are no design jobs. <laughs> so I ended up taking a job in retail at an outdoor store. And while I was doing that, I would um, start like building my client profile on Elance and then eventually got acquired by Upwork. And once that started happening, I kind of like started getting off of that and then found um, Shareworthy course and then started like really becoming a studio or what felt to me was more like a studio with the process and all this stuff and being more intentional about the services that I offered. So that's how I started getting my first clients. And since then, it's just been more mostly like referral based. Yeah, I, I definitely think that most of the clients I get now are referral based, which is like such a bummer answer to hear when you're first starting out because you're like, what, you know, what do I like? I don't even have anyone to refer me, you know? So like, I guess when I first started, like the very first full priced branding client that I got um, found me through Instagram, which it's like, it's hard to, to say like, it's a guarantee that if you just put pretty things on Instagram, then people will reach out to you. It's really hard to like guarantee that because it's not, you know, but I, I, I was super, super active, probably more active than I am now on Instagram. And I was just, I was constantly commenting on other designers, uh, profiles, just saying, Hey, I love that mood board or like great color palette. And like, I think that's a really overlooked way for you to kind of get your name out there because I'm not saying that like you need to go out and steal people's clients. Um, but by any means, but I think that like even interacting within our own industry. Um, people might be looking at a brand designer or a web designer, and then they might see your name and then they might click on your profile. Um, and so I think that's a really cool way to just continue to like, you know, get yourself out there when you're first starting. So that's how I got my first couple of clients. And then of course the referral chain started and I do referral bonuses and, and all that. But that's kind of like how I... I got my my first my first full price client. I think my mom sent me a bouquet of flowers to celebrate. Like, yeah, oh, <laughs> how moms cute. are the best. Uh, they, yeah. they still are. But yeah, I hope, hope that um, answers your question, Michelle. And then of course yes. you can um, pop into the Facebook group, and we can continue to talk about it in there. But yeah, Jamie, thank you so much for coming on and sharing so much of your knowledge with us. As you guys know, Giselle and I highly recommend Shareworthy. It's on our resources guide 
guide on our website. Um, definitely go sign up for that. Um, and yeah, just thank you so sign much. Sign up for Jamie's emails. They're awesome. <laughs> I'm literally about to, go, I'm about to go do that right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I'm not on your email list. So um, that's what I'm going to do after I turn my recording off. <laughs> well, thanks so much for, for being here, Jamie. All right. Thank you guys for having me. Have a good one. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air or want to get in contact with us directly or are interested in a guest interview slot, reach out at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. There are so many amazing conversations happening inside our Facebook community. We'd love to hang out with you in there. Search for Better the Brand Designer podcast to join us. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and each other.